Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. Hi, Connected Parents, and welcome back to another episode of Connected Parenting. Today, I want to focus on shame. So shame is, it's a really powerful emotion and it gets a really bad rap. Um, But there is a purpose for shame, uh, as there are for all of our negative emotions. And when it's healthy shame, it can be a very good thing. And when it's toxic shame, it can be a very, very negative thing. So we happen to live in a culture where we don't really feel our feelings. We like to cover them up. We like to distract. We like to um, do anything we can to avoid feeling the feeling. But feelings, particularly negative feelings, are really there as emotional, as our emotional GPS system. They're there to guide us. They're information to help us make decisions about our life and whether we are in harmony or disharmony with the world around us. And when we ignore those feelings, we get incredibly confused. We lose our center and it becomes very difficult to navigate through our lives. And as parents, we have this incredibly uh, important responsibility and that's to help our children learn how to feel, learn what different feelings mean, recognize those feelings in their bodies, and then use those feelings to make decisions. So I want you to think about, um, you know, the rumble strip on the side of the road, on the highway. I think that's what it's called. And when you kind of drift over, then the whole car shakes. Emotions are like that. Negative feelings are like that. Anxiety, depression, anger, frustration. Those are all like warning signals. It's our brain talking to us and saying, something's not right. This is not good. We need to do something. Get yourself back into the center. Get yourself back into the middle. But usually we feel those feelings and freak out and fly off the road. But really they're there to just guide us, to gently guide us back to the center. So let me talk about shame for a second. So healthy shame is actually designed to not feel great in the body. It doesn't feel good. Shame is not a nice feeling, but it's a feeling that alerts us to, ooh, I don't like this feeling. And this is the feeling I get when I make someone feel bad or when I lie to somebody or when I... I don't know, hurt somebody's feelings or gossip or whatever it is, or horrible to my little sister or whatever your child may be thinking. Um, That feeling is meant to feel uncomfortable. It's meant to get your attention and it's meant to have you think, hmm, I'm out of harmony with my family, with my community. Um, I need to make different choices so that I don't feel like this. And I need to remember that when I take that action, I feel this feeling and I don't like it. So I'm going to make a different choice next time. And that's healthy shame. And it's actually corrective. It's really important to actually feel that feeling and pay attention to that feeling. And then there is toxic shame. So toxic shame is when we go into that horrible self-loathing, really hating ourselves, beating ourselves up. Uh, feeling so overwhelmed by the feeling, by the negativity that we can't use it anymore as a guide. 
it just throws us right off course. And we either have to discharge that feeling by making it someone else's fault and blaming, or we go into a cycle of really deep um, self-loathing, which then turns into self-punishment. I'm a horrible person. I don't deserve anything good to happen to me. So I'm going to keep making these conscious, these subconscious choices so I can prove to myself what a horrible person I actually am. This is all self-conscious, but that's how toxic shame becomes this really um, negative, damaging cycle. Now, I also want to speak for a moment. A lot of my listeners um, are parents of what I call gladiators. So highly sensitive kids who feel everything very deeply they have intense, intense emotions. They have a powerful counterwill. They argue, they push back on everything, um, and they're very, very sensitive. So not p- parents don't always realize this about these kids. They actually think they're insensitive because they can be so nasty and they are so reactive with their siblings and they can be so negative and they can judge and complain about everything. But the reason they're doing that is they actually feel a very intense um version of shame and it it in some it's not necessarily toxic shame but but I'll get to that in a second but it's a very intense feeling now I have actually called this feeling the burn so a lot of you who have kids like this will recognize it so they get so mortified like mortified like so embarrassed when they're called out or when you correct them and it doesn't matter how nicely you say it you could say honey you know what could you please just hang up your coat that's not what they hear they hear you idiot how many times do i have to tell you to hang up your coat and that's not what you said but they're picking up on the nuance they're picking up on the on the tone and the underlying information it's touching off old wounds uh old uh hurts and bringing them up to the surface so then now they are disproportionately reacting to what you're saying because they're so exquisitely sensitive to that tone and what happens there is they get this horrible feeling of like it's like a drop I've had so many kids describe this to me it just it's like a drop right down through their body and the best way that I can explain it is imagine you are doing something you shouldn't be doing, like something big that you shouldn't be doing. And somebody walks in and catches you and says, what are you doing? And you have that moment of like, right? That's the feeling only now, unless you're a highly sensitive person yourself, or a gladiator yourself, um, you just have to imagine that times 100 because that's the feeling. And so these children spend an inordinate amount of time trying to avoid that feeling. They're doing everything they can to not have that feeling. So they're going to they're going to uh, attack first. They're going to discharge that feeling with criticism and blame and what I call the flash, where there's this flash of anger and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? But it's discharging how painful that um, embarrassment and that shame feels in their body. So that's just something you need to be aware of if you have a highly sensitive child. So here's what we want to get to with shame. Um, And for those of you who are familiar with my work, when I talk about the calm technique, you'll know what I mean. If you're new to connected parenting, then go back to uh, the first two or three uh, podcasts where I talk about um, the biochemistry of what happens when you mirror. I take you through the steps of the calm technique. Um, I teach you how compassion and empathy and language is like medicine that builds resilience. It's a really important thing to protect your children from toxic shame. Um, and it's it's the way to start all conversations so that you're connecting before correcting. So 
if you're new to connected parenting, I would stop here and I'd go back and listen to those and then jump back in. And if you're familiar with connected parenting, then really kind of ground yourself on what you know about the calm technique. So anytime you are correcting your child, whether they've been nasty to a sibling or they didn't do something you asked them to do, or you, you're pretty sure they just lied about something, you must connect before you correct. And that gives them a little buffer against that burn feeling that they have. Um, and if your child isn't a gladiator and they're not super sensitive, it's just a lovely protective thing to do anyway. Connect before you correct. So let's say they're, you know, your child's been really nasty to their sibling. And before you launch in and say, how dare you? And you're so mean to her and blah, you, whatever kind of tirade we've gone on. And, and we feel that as parents, we feel that mama bear reflex or that papa bear reflex where we're like, how can you treat your sibling like that? But we launch in and particularly if kids are hypersensitive, they're going to feel that burn feeling. And what's going to happen is they're going to have that flash of anger and they're going to be even more horrible. Or they're going to feel completely justified, even though their response was wildly disproportionate. They'll be talking about that they deserve that and they were mean to me. And they'll start talking about revenge and all kinds of, you know, extreme things, which is can be alarming. And I have so many parents that say, I, you know, I know my child isn't, but sometimes I think they're a sociopath. Like they have these bizarrely disproportionate reaction to things and that's because they're picking up on the tones it's it's touching those kind of inner hurts and they're discharging that pain with an offensive and really offensive uh behavioral choice right so you always start with connection so you say look i totally get it that was yours first and you started out in a completely different mood and i know when your sister did that it drove you crazy so you start with this joining of where they are just kind of getting on the same channel and then you can talk about how they must have hurt their siblings feelings and how um their you know their responsibility is a big brother or a big sister or whatever it is you, th then you can follow up so making sure that you're using the connect before correct and you are using the calm technique um, with a child that you need to really correct, especially if they've done something really big, right? So if they, if it's a real, they lied about something or they stole something, um, we can have um, such a reaction to that. And part of it is, and I talk about this all the time, is when we react to our kids instead of respond to our kids, then what we're doing is we're operating from a place of fear instead of from a place of love. So when you operate from a place of fear, you know, I can't believe you did that. And if you treat other people like that, no one's going to be your friend. And how would you like it? And remember the time when someone did that to you? And we kind of barrage them with our own kind of fears in that moment, which is also the time, by the way, that this can really trigger our own issues. You know, any childhood traumas that we have, any wounds that we are carrying around, they're going to come bubbling up. So that's why it's so important to be aware of that and to really um, lock in with your child first on their emotional channel, which is why the connect before correct is so important. Um, so that when we um, react from that place of fear, we're now adding to the feeling. We're now adding to the burn. And now they're just, this is how when you layer this on top of um, many, many, many experiences and conversations, you can develop that kind of um, toxic shame that can happen. And some kids are more susceptible to this anyway, because they're already gigantic critics of themselves in their heads. I'm such an idiot. I'm such a bad person. Throw me in the garbage. You know, the, it's very common for um, gladiators and for highly sensitive kids, kids who are very, who tend to be behavioral. Um, and remember that behavior is never the problem. Behavior is a symptom of the problem, 
right? So kids who have any kind of prickly, nasty, icky behaviors are usually anxious. They're usually afraid and they're usually highly, highly sensitive, even though they don't necessarily look that way on the surface. So lining up with love means meeting where your child, meeting your child where they are, but then also having the, the tough part of the conversation really in a, in a, not a yelling kind of way, but, it, but in a, and you know, you want to get to this place where you're like, I believe in you. I know how, what, what a good person you are. And I know you care about your grandma and you're so lovely with animals and you care about, you know, things that happen that are unfair. So I know that deep down inside of you is this person who really does know um, that this behavior makes somebody else feel bad. And it's hard to know that sometimes it's hard to accept that sometimes, but I see that in you. I know you're better than this. So it's starting the conversation from there and then helping them to see how the behavioral choice that they just made may feel. And that creates safety in the conversation. And that creates a space where kids can look at their own behavior um, and, and examine it and feel safe enough and confident enough and resilient enough to go, yeah, then it turns back into healthy shame. You know what? That wasn't very nice of me. I guess I shouldn't do that. And even if that's not something they say out loud, that may be something that they're thinking. So the other thing I want to just touch on is how shame relates to us, right? So shame is such a powerful emotion and nobody likes the feeling of it. But starting out by thinking that it's not necessarily a bad thing, that it can actually be corrective. It can be a tool that helps you learn and make good decisions. Um, is a really important part of this. But the other is to kind of know when you are going that toxic shame route yourself, about yourself. And parents do this all the time. And moms in particular do this. I'm a horrible parent. I hate myself. What's wrong with me? Why am I doing this? The, the, the shame and the guilt that parents put them through themselves through when they yell or they get angry or they lose it. And remember, you can always, always repair. You can always go back and repair. Um, but really be using the calm technique on yourself about yourself is really important. And that's also really good modeling. So let's say, I don't know, you're driving in the car with your kids and you're in a crummy mood and somebody cuts you off and you, you say something awful about that person or make some judgment about that person or whatever. And you're not particularly proud of how it went so here's a great thing you can model for your kids you can say you know what i felt that feeling in my stomach Ugh, i don't like that feeling i think i'm kind of ashamed i think that's a little bit of shame and shame can talk to you and shame doesn't have to be such an awful thing but that feeling tells me that when i feel like that it's because i just said those things about that person and i don't feel good about that that's not who i really am that's not who i want to be that's it. It doesn't have to be a long conversation. It doesn't have to be a whole thing. It can be just a moment where out loud you are modeling to your children um, a recognition of that. You can also use the calm technique on yourself first and say, you know what, I'm just really tired and I'm usually really nice and really patient with people. So I'm not going to be too hard on myself, but that feeling in my stomach is shame. So you can actually model this out loud to your children and they we teach by example. And children are learning from us all the time. So if we shame ourselves in front of our kids or they hear us um, 
they're also watching and they're also like, oh, that is really bad when I do that. Look how mad mom gets at herself when she does that or how, how angry dad gets at himself when he forgets something or doesn't do something. They must feel that way about me too. So we are always, always teaching our children um, how to feel, what to feel, and um, whether or not we're lined up with fear or love. So let's, we'll wrap up with, with kind of the idea of your feelings being this guidance system, right? This emotional GPS, this emotional sonar, right? And, and the negative feelings in our body are actually there to just nudge us. We need to feel uncomfortable so we come back to the middle. And so often we're like, you know, when we get angry or we get frustrated, we dive into that feeling and end up going right, right off the road instead of going, whoa, I'm feeling this. What's that about? What decisions did I just make that made me feel like that? And often when we get really angry or feel really awful, um, we think it's because the person made us upset and because that person did that thing. But often it's this incredible disagreement between our feelings, okay. um, the anger and whatever it is and that yucky negative um, place we're in and our actual higher self, our wise adult parent self that isn't going to go there with you. I'm feeling this way because I know that behavior is gross. I know I shouldn't be doing it. I know I don't like this behavior when my husband does it or my kid does it or my sister-in-law does it. So I'm not going to feel good when I do it. And it's understanding that our emotions are there to teach us. It's not the thing that's making us mad. It's the gap between what we're choosing to do and what we actually know we should do that's causing the feeling. And this is really, really important. And that's true with procrastination, with all kinds of feelings. So on this same line, if you're thinking about a guidance system, you want to always be trying to go back to true north. And true north is love. True north is parenting from this place of love. And I think I, I might have given this example in the last podcast, but it, it's such a good one. You know, if you had a child who had a terrible infection and they needed to take their antibiotics, you wouldn't be, oh, I don't want to make him take it. He doesn't like it. Oh, I feel terrible. It's so, it tastes so yucky. You know what? I'm not going to make him do it. You would never do that. You would never do that. From the place of love, you'd be like, I don't, this is going to go how it goes. But one way or another, you are taking this because you need it because this is good for your body. And I want you to use that example. Anytime we are parenting and correcting our kids, there are times when saying what you mean, meaning what you say, setting limits, letting your kids feel what they're feeling so they can learn from that feeling that really is love, right? It really is. Um, and when it's coming from that place of love, your child is going to recognize it and they're going to respond better to it. And when it's coming from fear, you better take this and you better not act that way. And blah, blah, blah. when it comes from that um, place, it's not going to feel like love, right? It's just not. And any more than if you're like, don't you know I love you? Don't you know how much I love you? No, they don't. Because that doesn't feel like love in the moment. And in that moment, it's actually coming from anger or coming from fear, so lining up with love, learning to um, recognize these feelings yourself as a guidance system, having that conversation out loud with your kids. So we're teaching them, being very aware of the benefits and the importance and the teaching that healthy shame can give us and give our kids, um, but being very aware not to create an environment where it tips over into toxic shame. Recognizing toxic shame in ourselves is also really important. And remembering that 
um, having levels of, of toxic shame ourselves really impacts our own happiness, what we're teaching our kids and our own parenting. So remembering to use the calm technique on yourself, lead and, and, um, parent yourself from a place of love as well. And you can't go wrong. Hi, I'm Barrett Caleri from Connected Parenting. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. And don't forget to check us out on the web at connectedparenting.com and like us and follow us on Facebook.